Hey, hello everybody. This is Pastor Jack C. coming to you from West Houston Christian Center. And uh, we are just talking about the gifts of the Spirit. You know, we here at West Houston Christian Center, if you're new to our church, we have been endeavoring uh, kind of in our midweek services to be preaching and teaching and finding out together about uh, the Holy Spirit, finding out about uh, being filled with the Spirit. But really, um, what I wanted to move into was the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, we are endeavoring at West Houston Christian Center to produce an atmosphere whereas we are worshiping and praising God as we're all coming together uh, on our times of corporate prayer or our times of fellowship uh, or our times of our 1030 services on Sunday mornings that we know that we as the modern day church, we need these gifts and operation to help build us up. Uh, so we are uh, preaching and teaching on them so that you can grow your faith. And also when these gifts begin to manifest in our services, everybody doesn't just stop and they're caught by surprise. What was that? What just happened? Who said that? Why'd they say that? So when we all um, together are studying, praying, seeking God, but really asking for those spirit, the gifts of the spirit to be manifest, uh, then they are going to begin to show up in our services. And uh, they are nothing to be afraid of. Um, they are um, supernatural gifts. And uh, what we do sometimes is we miss the supernatural looking for the spectacular. And uh, when the gifts of the Spirit are in operation, I, I want you to notice, in the, even in the Bible, that uh, they are just simply um, somebody listening to the Holy Spirit, putting themselves in a position them being filled with the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit can lead them and direct them uh, so these gifts can be used because really these gifts are used to help set people free. And um, they are not fortune telling or soothsaying. They are not um, from an alien planet. These are something that uh, as the Spirit wills, He gives us these gifts so that we can better operate and help people. Amen. Don't we know that God can get to the root of a problem in one word more than me spending hours and hours uh, trying to, to zone in on it? So uh, we're talking about today, we're going to talk about the gift of discerning of spirits. Excuse me. But uh, very briefly, I want to review and uh, just remember that there are nine gifts of the Spirit. This is something that'll help us too. There are nine fruit of the Spirit and there are nine gifts of the Spirit. And that's not a coincidence. And when we get born again, even before we get baptized in the Holy Spirit, we have access to the fruit of the Spirit. So it's important just as much as we are growing in the gifts of the Spirit, we need to be growing in the fruit of the Spirit. The greater revelation I have at love, um, uh, when I begin to speak, whatever the, the Spirit gives me utterance with, when there's love involved with it, people are going to receive what I have to say. When I speak or I, the gifts of the Spirit begin to be used through me and I'm doing it from a pride or I'm doing it from a selfish motive, people pick up on that. And uh, what we want to do is we want to be filled with the fruit of the Spirit, love and joy and peace and long-suffering and kindness Boy, we could just hone in on kindness, couldn't we? If we were just to operate in the gifts of the Spirit with kindness, how much more would people be open to what we have to say? But as we operate in the gifts of the Spirit, and as I said before, the fruit of the Spirit, love, 
joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law, which means the fruit of the Spirit is all you can eat. You can never OD on love. You can never OD on, on self-control. You can never OD on kindness. You can never be more of the, those things where it would ever put you in a place where they would hurt you. So we want to we want to be growing in the fruit of the spirit, which is what we get when we first get saved. We get that love, you know, um, in listening to some music at the gym the other day. Um, I found some old tracks and I got back into some of this stuff from way back in the 70s and 80s of Keith Green and second chapter of Acts. And, you know, what I really picked up on was that those songs were kind of for that area era of back in the 70s but they had a lot of things in common they really just talked about the love of god i mean the the they were so touched by the love of god how could they not help but love somebody else but they also talked a lot about the coming lord and about the rapture and the second coming in those things and so I said all that to say this, they had a real revelation of love back in the 70s and, and, and in that move of the Spirit. And we need that move of the Spirit today also in love in order for us to really catapult into the gifts of the Spirit the way that they were created for us to use. So just very briefly as a recap, we have nine gifts of the Spirit. You have three gifts that reveal something, and that's what we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. That's the Word of Wisdom, that is the word of knowledge, and that is the one that we're going to talk about today, the discerning of spirits. Also, you have three gifts that do something, and we'll get into those in our next broadcast. But we're talking about faith, we're talking about miracles, and we're talking about healing. We're talking about the gift of faith, the gift of miracles, and the gifts of healing. Uh, those are supernatural gifts. And then we have three gifts that say something. And that is the gifts of tongues, that is the gifts of interpretation, and then that is prophecy. And so um, today, as I said, we're going to talk about the discerning of spirits. This is the third gift that reveals something to us. And uh, just as a quick review, remember that the word of wisdom um, is God giving us a fact um, or a word pertaining to something present or something in the past. And, uh, and um, then you have the word of wisdom and the word of wisdom is always pertaining to something in the future. It's the harder mind of God for something in the future. Um, the discerning of spirits uh, gives us insight into the spirit world. And uh, the way that Brother Hagen taught this was. Um, he considered this the less, the lesser of the three gifts, which reveal something only because it's limited only to the spirit world. And uh, I'm going to give you some details. And there's a lot of misconceptions about um, the discerning of spirits. And we're going to try and clear up some of those. If you have questions, you can, you know, type in at the bottom right now. And, and if you have questions, we'll endeavor to get back to you. But I just we have to keep reiterating that these gifts are supernatural. If one of these gifts is natural, all the gifts are natural. So this is a supernatural gift called discerning of spirits. And um, it is not discerning of spirits. It's not discerning of devils, nor is it just the discerning of evil spirits. We don't just categorize discerning of spirits 
is discerning evil spirits or satanic spirits. You can discern angels. You can discern Jesus. Many people have had Jesus appear to them before, and I'm going to give you some examples of that. Uh, the Holy Spirit, you can discernment to see the Holy Spirit, discernment to see. Um, there's so many examples in the Bible of this happening. So we're just going to try and go line by line and, and kind of build on it from there. My question to us is, why would he give the church this gift if he did not know that we would need it today? You know, these gifts were set in motion back in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, thousands of years ago. But God knew that we were going to need these gifts today as his body. They are just as relevant today as they were thousands of years ago when God gave Paul the revelation and he put it in 1 Corinthians. And uh, we need the gift of discerning of spirits. It is something that the church needs. Uh, it is something that will edify us. And when something edifies us, it makes us stronger and it actually strengthens our foundation. Just got to say this once again, though. As a believer, we were not created to live off of the gifts of the spirit. I do not live my life going to people trying to get a word of wisdom or a word of knowledge or miracles or faith. These are these are accessories in weightlifting. Um, I have four main lifts that I like to do. I like to squat, I like to bench, I like to deadlift, and I like to overhead press. Those are my main lifts. But I have accessories that I do that are not near as heavy, but they help supplement and help little muscles get bigger with the big muscles, if that makes sense. The gifts of the Spirit are the accessories for our main lifts. Your main lift is, is that you and me need to spend time with God in prayer, in the word, building faith and getting revelation for ourselves. I am not supposed to go live my life by finding out who operates in the gifts of the spirit and living off of words of wisdom, words of knowledge. There's a lot of times where people get into error because they go searching for a word and God's already given us the word. You have to spend time in the Word to understand the heart of God, the author of the book. What's His spirit for me? What's His thoughts for me? What's His plan for my life? Because if I just go to somebody and I'm a blank slate and I'm trying to get them to tell me what I'm supposed to do, you're opened up to all kinds of deception. So it's very, very important to remember that we are to live our lives off of the Word. We're supposed to live our lives within a church body where everybody needs a pastor. Amen. Everybody needs a place where you're constantly going, uh, where you're getting fed the word of God and uh, that we can learn, you know, learning to hear God's voice for yourself is one of the most important things you're ever going to do as a believer and uh, not having to trust somebody else's voice to tell you what God said. Amen. Let me give you a little definition Discerning of spirits is supernatural insight into the realm of the spirits, both good and bad. Let me read that again. Discerning of spirits is supernatural insight into the realm of the spirits, both good and bad. Let me give you some examples real quick. Let's look at the book of Exodus. And uh, this is really some of my uh, powerful scripture. It's all good. But let's look at Exodus. And this is when God and, uh, and Moses are having a conversation. 
in Exodus 33. And beginning in verse 20. Actually, um, let's start in verse 18. Uh, and Moses said, I beseech you, and remember he's talking to God, show me your glory. And God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you, and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, before you. But I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy and loving kindness on whom I will show mercy and loving kindness. But he said, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place beside me, and you shall stand upon the rock. And while my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will take away my hand, and you shall see my back, but my face you shall not see. Now there's a whole, whole lot happening in that group of scriptures. But I want you to really recognize that, you know, A, Moses and God are having a conversation. And as we all would, if we were Moses, we'd be like, God, show me your glory. You know, that's a great confession. I think when Dr. Savell was here a few years ago, he uh, he makes that a part of his confession every morning. And uh, I've been doing that ever since. And that's just something that's powerful to help us do is every day when you get out of bed, start saying, Lord, show me your glory. You know, if he showed it to Moses, he'll show it to us. So we need to be looking for the glory every day, and it's going to manifest in many, many different ways. But show me your glory. So Moses says, God, I want to see you. I want to know you. I want to know what you look like. And God tells him, look, no one can see my face and live. So what he says is that, Moses, I'm going to take you and put you on the rock. But then he says, and this is how he ties in the New Testament. Then he says, I'm going to put you in the rock, in the cleft of the rock and cover you. That's a picture of Jesus Christ. That's a picture of us being in Christ and Christ being in us. That's a New Testament picture. And because of that, we were protected. And then now we could see and have the presence and be in the presence of God. So Moses does what God tells him to do. God puts him on the rock. Then he puts him in the rock and then he walks by and Moses has a manifestation. He sees in the spirit the back part of God and his glory. That is the discerning of spirits. Remember, Moses was still on the earth, but he's not having a vision. He's actually seeing into the spirit, seeing what God says. It's almost like this, and this is a, not a great example, but you know, you go to a movie and it's a 3D movie and you watch the 3D movie and you don't really see a whole lot until you put on the glasses. And when you put on the glasses, boom, all of a sudden you begin to see things moving at you, to you, or through you. That's exactly what happens when we have discerning of spirits. God opens our eyes to hold the gift of the discerning of spirits. Our eyes are open and we're able to see not with our physical eyes, but with our spiritual eyes into the spirit realm. Well, we're going to take a quick break right now and let you know some things happening at West Houston Christian Center and give you a chance to sow uh, and bring your gifts, your tithes and your offerings. We'll be back in a minute. Hey, welcome back. Uh, we're just continuing our study on the discerning of spirits. And uh, when we left off, we were showing in Exodus how Moses uh, wanted to see God and see his glory. And, and uh, God took Moses and he covered him and walked past him in all of his glory. And Moses got to experience it. He got to see it. 
And uh, our, what we were saying was, is that this was an example of discerning of spirits. But as we were talking, another verse came to me that's not even in my notes that I want to I want to show you. Let's go to Second Kings, chapter six, Second Kings, chapter six. And beginning in verse 14, you have to remember that uh, the Syrian king was trying to get Elisha. And because uh, Elisha was always telling Israel what the other kings were going to do before they did it. That's the gifts of the spirit in operation. And so it says in verse 14, so the Syrian king sent their horses, chariots, a great army. They came by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God rose early and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was around the city. Elisha's servant said to him, alas, my master, what shall we do? Elisha answered, fear not, for those with us are more than those with them. Verse 17, and Elisha prayed. Boy, isn't it amazing that every time the gifts of the Spirit show up, it's when someone's praying? Boy, there is such a strong connection between us being used in the gifts of the Spirit and having a strong, healthy prayer life. I just want to encourage you as just another accessory as to how we're supposed to walk in these gifts we need to be committed to times of prayer so that we can be put in position to hear God's voice so that we can operate. I want you to notice that, that Elisha operating in the gifts of the Spirit, sometimes, you know, it's for the edification of the body, but sometimes it could save somebody's life. So I just want to encourage us that uh, it's very, very important that we spend quality time in prayer on a daily basis learning to hear God's voice. So back in verse 17, then Elisha prayed, Lord, I pray you open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes and he saw, behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. What he didn't know was, is that when this servant came out, you know, the Syrians had been looking for Elisha. And when they finally figured out where he was, the Syrian king sent all of his army and they went to this village and there must have been mountains around it because this king ringed the entire valley where, where whoever was in that city or in that valley could not get out. And when Elisha's servant got up that next morning and he went and looked, whenever he looked around, all around him, there was no way of escape. I think that parallels with where some people are in their lives right now, that maybe you feel like you're surrounded. Maybe you feel like there's nothing that you can do. Maybe you feel hopeless. Maybe you feel like uh, you're cut off from everybody else. But I just want you to show you if we would begin to look at our situation, not as the servant looked at the situation, but look at it the way that Elisha looked at it. Elisha did not see that he was outnumbered. Elisha saw there's more with us than there are with him. Elisha had a greater revelation of God than Elisha's servant did. And I want you to notice when Elisha prayed, the eyes of this serpent were, or servant were open and all of a sudden he looks around what he thought was a mighty army encircling him and he saw an even bigger, mightier, stronger, greater, an angelic army that had completely surrounded that village and that there was no way that little Syrian king could ever defeat the armies of heaven. See, what we have to remember is, is that there, there, there's more for us than there are against us. 
And when we, by faith, will learn to believe and trust God, we can trigger the miraculous in our lives. You just have to remember that whatever it is you're going through right now, you're not alone. Uh, it might look like you're alone. It might look like no one cares and no one listens to me and no one calls to check on me and, and all these things that we do sometimes to ourselves. But I just want to tell you that right now um, you're surrounded and you're surrounded by the goodness of God. You're surrounded by the army of God. And uh, that army, um, <laughs> Elisha, let me see, how's the best way to say this? The servant was nervous because he was trapped in that village surrounded by the army. Elisha was telling the servant, hey, that army better be nervous about us because they're surrounded by the army of God. See how two different perspectives? But the, the, the key to this is, is that when Elisha prayed, this servant's eyes were open and he saw into the spirit. Oh, if we could see into the spirit sometimes and see how big God is, how great God is and how we are. We never go into battles all alone. We're never caught unaware. We're never outnumbered. We're never outmaneuvered. We're never outflanked. We're never outsupplied. God is bigger. There is no scheme of man that can ever come close to out or tricking or outdoing God. Amen. So that's another example of the discerning of spirits. That servant. Now, let me tell you, when that servant saw that picture of that army behind him, was he happy or was he sad? Was he edified or was he defeated? I want you to notice that that gift was used. It built that young man's faith. So he was like, yeah, come on, bring it. And we all know the rest of the story that this entire army gets turned basically blind. This angel army doesn't even have to lift a sword. It blinds this army. All of a sudden they go get this army, Elisha, and they lead them into this town. Then their eyes are opened and they're like, we don't know what just happened. And uh, Elisha feeds them, blesses them, and sends them back home. He doesn't even kill them. So the gifts of the Spirit, man, these are just powerful ways for us to bridge little things in our life to get us from point A to point B, but also to help bring in the power of God, the revelation of God, into a situation uh, to bring healing, deliverance, salvation, and all those things. Amen? Let's look at Isaiah Let's look at the book of Isaiah, chapter 6. Isaiah, chapter 6, verse 1. And it says, In the year that King Uzziah died, in a vision, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the skirts of his train filled the most holy part of the temple. And above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings with two, each covered his own face with two, each covered his feet and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of the host. The whole earth is filled or is full of his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who cried and the house was filled with smoke. I want you to notice that Isaiah was having and experiencing a manifestation of the discerning of spirits. All of a sudden, Isaiah, probably in a time of prayer, looked up and he said, all of a sudden the skies crack, they part. The reality that we know splits and what's behind it comes forth. That's the spirit realm. It's the unseen world. And, and let me just tell you this, that the unseen realm is more real 
than the seen realm. You have to remember that everything that's been made in the earth has been made by the unseen. God spoke it into existence. It was it came from the unseen realm into the seen realm. And so when uh, when Isaiah is praying and worshiping and he has this vision, I just get a, a vision of just the sky splitting. And all of a sudden, you don't just see what you can see in the natural. Now you're seeing what heaven can see. Now you can see what God sees. And he starts describing some things that are going on around the very throne of God. He's showing these angels, these, these seraphim and these cherubim and, and all of these angels that are surrounded by um, God, but they don't just see it, but he's also hearing discerning of spirits. He's not just seeing into the spirit realm, but he's hearing also because he hears the angels say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. And all of a sudden there's a manifestation of God's power and God's presence. The room is shaken. This is the discerning of spirits. He is having a spiritual vision with his eyes open um, he's seeing what he can't see with the eye of the spirit. Um, there are all kinds of examples where some people have had manifestations of seeing Jesus themselves. <clears throat> um, Brother Hagen himself, uh, on more than one occasion, uh, Jesus came and spoke to him personally. Now, I want to talk about that really, really briefly because... When we talk about um, a person today having a manifestation uh, of seeing Jesus, you know, Jesus, after he was crucified, he had several resurrections. He had 40 days where he appeared to the disciples. Um, you remember he's all his disciples are out on the boat fishing and Jesus is on the shore and he's cooking breakfast for all the disciples. And Peter knows immediately who he is. And Peter strips off his tunic, jumps in the water and swims because he sees Jesus. You have to remember that Jesus has already been crucified, dead and buried. This is not a discerning of spirits. This is actually Jesus that he's seeing. This is Jesus in his glorified, resurrected body that is making them breakfast and eating with them and he's sharing with them and he's teaching them and he's talking with them. Um, in modern day, you know, there's not a scripture that says, well, and so-and-so saw Jesus. So when we get into these types of manifestations of discerning of spirits, this is why you have to know the word. Anybody that I've ever listened to or studied that had a manifestation, a discerning of spirits, where they actually had an encounter with Jesus himself, um, Jesus never told them anything weird, goofy, dangerous, sacrilegious, opposite of the word, uh, never told any of these people to ever leave their husbands, leave their wives, kill anybody, steal anything, um, anything odd or goofy like that. Whenever there was a manifestation of Jesus in the spirit realm where somebody saw him, Jesus also came because he is the word and he always comes with the word. He doesn't come with a new word. He doesn't appear to us today and say, hey, the Bible was good, but I have this new revelation that I want to share with you that only you're going to know. That is not Jesus. You have to remember that Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit, are. there's an administration for each one of them, and they never change. They're always going to be pointing back to the Father. They're always going to be pointing back to the Word. They're never going to take something that is godly and use it to lead somebody into bondage, 
Uh, it's never going to lead somebody to destroy their home. It's never going to lead somebody to do something that is dangerous or foolish or foolhardy. There are many times when people do things and they will say the devil made him do it or God made him do it or whatever. They're hearing voices. That is not what I'm talking about. The few times that I've heard where Jesus himself, the head of the church, manifested to people, he came in and he confirmed the word that had already been spoken. He confirmed the word. There was nothing new. There was nothing sinister. There was nothing scary. Uh, I love hearing um, Dr. Savell and Brother Hagen and Brother, you know, these men have shared and had powerful experiences where they have um, got to experience Jesus in that way. And just how they would say the room would just fill with the glory and what Jesus would say and what Jesus would look like. And I so look forward to the day when we're going to spend eternity with Jesus face to face. But just know that the Jesus that we're going to spend eternity with in heaven is the same Jesus from the Bible. And there's not going he's the same yesterday, today and forever. And when we have manifestations like this. The Bible even says that if an angel manifests to you and he says something different than the word of God, we are not to listen to it. So I'm going to get into some new stuff. It's probably not going to happen till the next broadcast, but just some little ways for us to be wise to protect ourselves. It would be really, really easy to build a ministry off of having a vision of Jesus. It would be really, really easy to say, you know what? I was in the spirit and the, and all of a sudden Jesus walked in and he sat down and he began to talk to me. That would be a wonderful, powerful thing. But, um, that is not what we're supposed to build our lives on. And that's not what we're supposed to build our ministries on. We're supposed to build our ministries. We're supposed to build our lives on the word. Listen to me. The word, it never changes. It's unshakable. It's unchangeable. It's as good today uh, as it was when it was written. It's just as powerful today as it was thousands of years ago. Amen. Well, we barely got to scratch the surface on discerning of spirits. So we're going to carry it into the next broadcast. I'm going to have Pastor Jack Pigeon with me uh, next week, and he's going to be sharing with me. And we're going to continue talking about discerning of spirits. I want to encourage everybody. You should be reading First Corinthians chapter 12, acclimating ourselves with the gifts of the spirit, seeing where they came from, what they do. Um, we are pulling each gift out individually because it's easier to teach that way. But you're going to find in most of these occurrences that uh, these gifts are working together to help bring a manifestation. Amen. Well, we don't like to ever end a broadcast without giving you a chance to meet this wonderful God, this Lord, this Savior, Jesus Christ and his precious Holy Spirit. And God is so amazing that he sent his son Jesus into the earth just for you. And it doesn't matter how much you've done. It uh, doesn't matter how much what we call sin that you've committed. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to God. What God wants you to know is, is that God loves you and you are reconciled to him through your son, Jesus Christ. He's not mad at you. All you have to do is ask him into your heart and I'll lead you in a prayer right now and just repeat it with me. Just say, dear heavenly father, I welcome you into my life. I surrender myself to you. I ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Forgive me of my sins. Point me in the right direction for a church. Teach me to hear your voice and become my best friend in Jesus name.
Amen. Well, we've had a great time. Um, please be back next week as we finish talking about the discerning of spirits. Uh, we know we got some good stuff for you. We love you here at West Houston Christian Center. Pastors Jack and Michelle love you. We call you blessed and you cannot be cursed. Jesus is Lord. We'll see you next time.